0: Welcome to the Science of Success, introducing your host, Matt Bodner.
2: Welcome to the Science of Success, the number one evidence-based growth podcast on the internet, with more than a million downloads and listeners in over 100 countries. In this episode, we take a journey into the inquiry known as the work and uncover the four question framework that you can use to break down negative thoughts and limiting beliefs. We examine what happens when we argue with reality, look at the difference between being right and being free, explore the causes of suffering, and much more with our guest, Byron Katie. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should join our email list today by going to successpodcast.com and signing up right on the homepage. First, you're going to get an awesome free guide that we created based on listener demand. This is our most popular guide. It's called How to Organize and Remember Everything. You can get it completely for free, along with another surprise bonus guide when you sign up and join the email list today. There's some amazing stuff that's only available to our email subscribers, so be sure you sign up and join. The next thing you're gonna get, you're gonna get a curated weekly email from us every single Monday called Mindset Monday. Short, simple articles and stories that we've loved or enjoyed over the last week. Listeners have been loving that email. We get a ton of positive feedback on it. And if you're on the email list, you're gonna get it every Monday. Lastly, you can get an exclusive chance to shape the show. You can vote on guests. You can help us change parts of the show, like our intro music. You can even submit your own questions to guests that we often ask during the interview. And you can get entered into special listener-only giveaways that we do very frequently for our email list. So be sure to sign up. Join the email list today. You can do that by going to successpodcast.com and signing up right on the homepage or if you're out and about, if you're driving around, if you're on the go, just text the word SMARTER, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Text SMARTER to 44222 to sign up and join the email list today. In our previous episode, we discussed the danger of getting addicted to your screens. We looked at how technology is designed to be as addictive as possible and how those addictions specifically make you spend more time on things like social media and news that make you less happy. We discussed how screens rob us of time and attention and why it's so hard to break away from them. We also looked at how you can structure your environment to spend more time away from your phone and create ways to get out of these addictive behavior loops with our guest, Adam Alter. If you want to know the real dangers that Silicon Valley insiders have been trying to hide from you about using technology, listen to that episode. Now, before we dig into the show, I want to kind of tell you about two things. One, I really wanted to note the audio quality of this episode. We had some audio issues, partly my fault. I had my mic set on the wrong setting, so it sounds pretty bad, I'll be honest with you. But I think there's value in this interview, and I still wanted to share it with you. That's completely my fault for botching the audio on my end. We also had some issues with Katie, as she is known, her audio and some background noise, but we soldiered through it, and I just wanted to give you kind of full transparency about the audio of this episode so that you know going into it that the audio quality is not our best. The second thing, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Byron Katie's work and sort of what she does and what she works on to give you some context going into this conversation because we really kind of jump into things in media res and and I want to make sure that you have the right tools and the right context to understand what's going on and what we're talking about. The work, as it's called, is a method of inquiry. It's essentially a series of questions that you can use to break down negative thoughts and limiting beliefs. And it's a framework that I've personally used many, many times. It's really impactful and really powerful. And it's a simple four-question framework. The first question you ask yourself, and then, and then there's a what's called what she calls a turnaround at the end of that. The first question is, when you have a limiting belief or a negative thought, Let's say I'm not good enough or I can't sell or that person doesn't like me, etc. We'll use I can't sell as this example. So the first question you have to ask yourself with the inquiry is, is this true? And I'll give you the four questions and then we'll go briefly into them and then we'll talk to Katie. So the first question is, is this true? And that's kind of your gut reaction. The second question is, can I absolutely know that this is true? That's a much deeper question. It's really hard to absolutely know really anything. And in many ways, our perception of reality is often very skewed and limited and kind of low resolution, to borrow a phrase. The third question is, who do I become or who am I when I believe that thought to be true? And when you're going through these questions, often the best thing to do is to kind of take some time, journal about this belief or this, or this limiting belief or this negative thought, and spend some time on each of these questions. So who do I become when I believe that thought to be true? And then the last question is, who would I be without that thought? And this is an opportunity to create an image of your life, your experiences, without that negative belief. And then finally, you have what she calls, what Katie calls, a turnaround. And this is essentially a new belief or a new thought, or sort of a reverse of the the, the negative thought that you had before. So if your belief was, I can't sell, for example, you'd start with, is that true? And your gut reaction might be, yeah, it's, it's true. You know, I'm, I've never been successful at sales. Then the next question, can I absolutely know that that's true? Well, absolutely knowing that something is true is very different than thinking that it might be true. So do you absolutely know for certain that you're not good at sales? Can you prove that scientifically? Or has that just been your experience so far? Would it be possible that maybe with some changes in your behavior or the right coaching or the right strategies or a change in your mindset that you could be good at sales? Is it possible that other people that have a similar personality or background have succeeded at some point in the past at selling? It's definitely possible. And so it's much harder to know absolutely if that's a true belief or not. The third thing, start to look at what does your life look like when you believe you can't sell or when you believe that negative belief. Really create a vivid scenario. How much suffering, how many problems, what does it cause? What does it stop you from achieving and doing? And then working with that last question, who would I be without this belief? Who would you be without the belief that you couldn't sell? You would be out there hustling, making your dreams come true, achieving the things you want to happen, being successful, building your life. And again, sales is just an example. You can do this with any limiting belief. But that's that's a really simple one and a lot of people have that belief, so it's a good example. And then the turnaround of that would be something as simple as I'm an amazing salesperson. Right? So, that's kind of an example of the four questions Now we're going to segue into the interview. I just wanted to give you a little bit of context because, again, we kind of jump in right in the middle of things. And I wanted you to know what the four questions are, what a turnaround is, and how that all feeds into this conversation with Katie. And I also wanted to point out briefly that this episode, much like occasional episodes we do like Robert Thurman and others, is less grounded in science and research but again, I think this framework is, is really powerful and impactful, certainly made a big impact on my life. And so I still found it valuable to share with you. So now for the episode, remember, the audio quality, not the best. I apologize profusely for that. But I still think there's value in this conversation. And so I wanted to share it with you.
3: Today, we have another amazing guest on the show, Byron Katie. Katie, as she's affectionately called, is an American speaker, author, and founder of the method of self-inquiry known as The Work. She's worked with millions of individuals at both private and public events in prisons, hospitals, treatment centers, universities, and schools. She's the author of three best best-selling books, and her work has been featured in Time, The Huffington Post, Oprah, and much more. Katie, welcome to the Science of Success.
4: Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me on.
3: Well, we're very excited to have you on here today. So I'd love to start out with and really kind of explore, you know, some of the fundamental premises of the work, you know, starting out with, and this is something that that I think about a lot, we talked a lot about on the show, is what happens when people argue with reality or, or don't accept things kind of as they are?
4: Well, it's like war breaks out in those moments. Like if if I believe for me, I'll just talk about myself, my own experience. If I fall down and scrape my knee to me, it's like some kind of amazing, awesome experience because it's not about me scraping my knee. It's about the experience of actually noticing what I tripped on, noticing the falling in real time, you know, and it's like in slow motion, even though it appears to other people, it's happening quickly, and then scraping my knee is is an experience, and as I understand after years of inquiry that that all pain is either remembered or anticipated, I get to be in that experience, and I don't miss it, and it would be you know, I have experience of falling down, you know, uh, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 50 steps and in this slow motion because I'm not anticipating where I'm going to land. It's, it's, or where I've been. It's, it, it's like I don't miss the miracle of life in all these years. I cannot find anything to argue with. Now, if I fall down, you know, prior to me discovering this inquiry in myself, if I would argue with someone, I had to be right. And I say one thing, they say something else that contradicts it, then I have to argue my point. But today, I say something Let's say my husband says something else, an entirely different point of view. I have something to contemplate because more often than not, people are right. And even if they're not, it gives me another point of view. It gets me in touch with who they, who they are. You know, just there's so much there that, you know, I could go on and on and on about it. But people are here to educate me, not the other way around. So, I love listening and thinking for myself because ourselves are all we're ever going to deal with.
3: So, there's a lot of different things that I, that I want to unpack from that. Let's start with the concept of having to be right. And, and for someone who's not familiar with you and your work, you know, what happens or why, why do people get caught up in, in having to be right?
4: Well, it's ego based, it forms our identity. And if I can hang on to what I believe, then I am right and that is always an I ego that's right if that there's an argument but if someone has another point of view even if it directly contradicts mine even if they're even uh, even if they appear to even be angry in it am I I listening beyond what I'm believing about their anger? am I listening? Am I open? Am I growing and expanding this mind of mine? Is it something I haven't considered before? It's um I just don't have to be right. I'd rather be free. You know we get stuck in that. If someone says, for example, I and Katie're wrong then then my response would be, you know. You know, I have, I haven't even considered that. Maybe I might say that or I might just cut to the chase and say, tell me more. You know, um, tell me where I'm wrong. And so now I have my point of view and I have someone else's point of view that can move me forward with an even more, um, with a mind that's even more open and educated. Why do People get caught up in having to be right because we're believing our thoughts. But what if we questioned what we were believing? If we have an open mind, that is, um, you know, that's where the freedom lies to moving out of a stuck place into a place that is more informed, a more enlightened point of view and free, free to grow.
3: I think that's a great. Point. I want to dig in and, and, and circle back. Can you share again and, and just talk briefly about sort of the importance of each of the different questions and sort of the four questions of the work? Uh, you know, we've talked a lot and had some examples, kind of about how you can apply them in context. But just for listeners who want to, you know, have sort of each of them as a tool that they can use, will you share each of the questions and, and sort of how that question functions and works?
4: Yes, um, is what I'm believing true now. The ego will take that inquiry over if we don't write, you know, refer to it as a one-liner, like he doesn't care about me. If I don't write it down, and I have a a worksheet for that on thework.com. It's always free, of course. So I write it down. So there it is, my thoughts on paper. Another way of saying that is my mind is stopped. It may be running radically in my head, But that portion I want to question is written down and it's clear. So he doesn't care about me. There it is in writing. Okay, now the mind is going to try to shift all over the place. And I'm going to keep coming back to what I've written. Just simple assumption. And the mind would say, no, it's true. So I won't call it assumption here. I'll just say concept, judgment. So he doesn't care about me. So I want to know for myself if that's true, if what I'm believing about him is true. I want to know
1: because a person can say... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
0: Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
4: I care about you and we don't believe them anyway. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but we don't necessarily believe them anyway when they say, I do like you. So I'm questioning he doesn't care about me. So is it true? So now I'm going to contemplate that and I'm going to anchor on that situation last night at that social event where I was standing, where he was standing. I'm going to contemplate as I witness that situation again in my mind's eye. I'm going to anchor there. He doesn't care about me. Is it true? And I'm going to witness and I'm going to listen. And I'm not going to, you know, if it's a yes, it's true. If I've really witnessed that and that's what I come up with, then that's my answer. If I come up with a no and I've really witnessed the situation from last night again in my mind's eye, as I meditate on that moment in time now, if I come up with a no, then that's my answer. And then the next question I would move to, there are only four questions, is can I absolutely know that it's true? He doesn't care about me. And I'm going to contemplate that. If the answer was no, i just move on to three. If the answer was yes, I'm going to give it some more time. Can I absolutely know that it's true? He doesn't care about me. Now, I'm not going to guess just no, because the word absolutely is there. Is there. I'm going to really meditate on that moment in time. Did I miss anything? So my answer could still be yes. That's okay, too. I'm going to continue with the next question and notice how I react. Notice in my mind's eye, witnessing last night's event, that situation, in my mind's eye now as I sit this morning meditating on that moment in time, how I reacted when I believed the thought, how it felt. What I said, what I did, I'm going to silently witness how I reacted last night. I'm going to be shown in my mind's eye this morning, witnessing how I reacted when I believed the thought he doesn't care about me. I'm going to witness it this morning in real time, then I'm going to be shown. And a lot of emotions come up. So I can see how I reacted and. When I feel educated there, like I've I've I really am aware of how I reacted and what happened and how it felt, what I said, what I did, then I'm going to move to who would I be in that same situation if I didn't believe the thought he doesn't care about me. So really, I'm just taking that post it off of him and I'm witnessing him and I'm witnessing me and I'm listening to what he said. Without the thought, he doesn't care about me. My mind is very open, extremely open because I'm not at that social gathering now. I'm, I'm at home alone, sitting in my chair, meditating on that moment in time. So I can see without the thought, he doesn't care about me. I can, I experience clearly that what I, when I believed the thought that was the cause of my suffering, it wasn't him. Would I be without the thought? I'm listening. I'm at ease. Who am, who am I when I believe the thought? How do I react? Very stressed out. So it's what I'm believing about him that is the cause of my suffering. So then I turn it around. He doesn't care about me. I don't care about him. And then I witness, I continue to stay anchored in that last night event, that moment in time. He does care about me and open my mind and see if I can find any clues. I'm not going to concoct something. I'm not making nice. I'm not using positive affirmation. I really want to know. And to know, I have to get really still. And listen, and be shown what I missed last night, because my mind was so—I was so believing he doesn't care about me. So he does care about me. I'm going to sit there, and until I can see, you know, just try on like that new pair of, boot, of shoes or boots that I'm trying on. Just witness, maybe the the least little thing he does care about me it has to be the real deal. I've really got to know. So when I have sat in that, meditated there, I'm going to see if I can find another opposite, another opposite to he doesn't care about me. I don't care about him. That's an opposite. So where is it that I was uncaring last night? So now I'm going to witness again. And if I was... Again, anything against my most intelligent self, my wise self, my kind self. Those are terms for kind, true nature. It's a match to the heart, to kindness. I don't care about him. So I'm going to see things here in, in my situation. Things that I need to admit to him in the next, in our next conversation and things I need to apologize for. And I'm going to get that job down because peace is another word for the wise. Peace is what I'm about because I know there's a way from experience. And that's my invitation. And I do this by invitation. He doesn't care about me. I don't care about him. And then I make that right. Admit it, make it right. He doesn't care about me. And then there's another one, I don't care about me. He doesn't care about me, turned around, I don't care about you. Well, where is it that I have been, that I was uncaring about myself in that situation? And then I witness the ways that I really did, that I really was out of order, and that's not caring about me. And any time something like that shows up, you know, it shows me I'm doing the right thing, sitting in in this inquiry. It's um, it's a beautiful thing, this unending circle, this love affair with the self. When one loves themselves, then or care about themselves, we'll see in the situation, then we begin to care about others. If I don't like me. I don't like you. If I like me, I like you. So there's only one person to ever work with in this world, and it's always oneself. I can't change you, but it's difficult enough to change me, and only enlightenment changes me. I can't pretend change. It's going to catch up with me. It's the truth that sets me free to care about me, is to care about you. So that's the um, you know this just twenty minutes every morning of sitting in oneself, just that inquiring mind. A great, I think, it, Socrates said, if I'm not mistaken, an unquestioned life is not worth living. And that certainly is
3: my experience. So just to clarify, make sure listeners understand the, the example you've been using kind of throughout this is, is if you ran into somebody at a dinner party and you got the impression that they didn't like you or it kind of rub you the wrong way. This is a way that you could use the, the questions of the work to break down that belief and decide, you know, is that really true and, and kind of un sort of get at the root and sort of the underpinnings of your thoughts and around that and the negative emotions that you experienced about that.
4: Yes, it's just to see what's true and what's not. You know, we, we're guessing. <laughs> and, and we just, we walk around with these minds that are just, you know, how do we react when we believe these thoughts running through our head? Notice the energy it takes. It, it burns us up. We could be living wiser, kinder lives and really taking care of what needs to be taken care of with it not being, you know, all about me.
2: You're probably listening to the show because you want to master new skills and abilities so that you can live a rich and rewarding life. That's why I'm excited to tell you once again about our loyal and amazing sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 16,000 classes in design, business, and more. You can learn everything from logo design to social media marketing to street photography. And you get unlimited access to all of these classes for a single low monthly price. So you never have to pay per class again. They have some awesome courses on there that I personally love. Everything from mastering Evernote to mind mapping to learning how to draw Or if you want to get a leg up on graphic design, social media, even your culinary knife skills, be sure to check out Skillshare. Skillshare is offering something incredible to our listeners. Two months for just 99 cents. You can get that by going to Skillshare.com slash success. That's Skillshare.com slash success for two months of courses for just 99 cents. Be sure to check that out. I want to tell you a funny quick story about our second sponsor for this episode, Ample K. Ample K is the first all-in-one keto meal to provide sufficient healthy fats in a powdered mix-on-the-go format. In fact, Ample sent me some free samples of their product a couple months ago. And I was skeptical at first. In fact, the, the sample basically sat in my pantry for a month and a half, and my producer Austin and I were joking about, oh, they sent us this like protein shake in a bottle, you know, blah, 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 like, you know, probably tastes really bad and don't really have much desire to try it. But I'm gonna be completely honest with you. One day, I was out of time and I needed a protein shake and I just grabbed a bottle, filled it with water, shook it up and started drinking it. First of all, it tasted delicious. Great taste and the nutritional content's awesome. It has like 30 grams of protein, almost 30 grams of healthy fats. It's only 400 calories in one of the servings and you can literally mix it up and drink it in 10 seconds. I now probably drink three or four of them a week. I just ordered like a massive order with my producer Austin and I split it because we ordered one of the largest orders you can possibly make. So I'm a huge fan, personal user of the product and I wanted to share that story with you but they're offering something special for listeners of the show. Anybody who's listening can get 15% off of their first order of Ample. And this is exclusively for Science of Success listeners. All you have to do is when you're checking out at AmpleMeal.com, just use the promo code SUCCESS15 to check out to get your 15% discount on your first order of Ample. I highly recommend checking it out if you're looking for something simple, easy, and on the go. I also wanted to tell you about our second sponsor for this episode, Ample K. Ample K is the first all-in-one keto meal to provide sufficiently healthy fats in a powdered and mix-on-the-go format. I'm a huge Ample user as well. In fact, I'm having an Ample for breakfast today. And they sent us a couple free samples. It took me forever to actually try one. And once I did, I was completely hooked. There's like 400 calories, almost 30 grams of protein, a great balance of healthy, nutritious fats. It's really exactly what you could look for in a sort of a meal, powdered meal on the go shake. And I have probably three or four Amples a week. Great I just ordered, along with the producer of the show, Austin, who's also a big fan of Ample, we just ordered a huge, like whatever the biggest box is, we had these giant boxes of Ample just come in, and I'm a huge fan of Ample as well, so I'm really excited to have them be a sponsor, and for a limited time, they're offering our listeners 15% off of your first order of Ample K, so to get this exclusive offer only for Science of Success listeners, you can go to amplemeal.com and use the promo code Success fifteen at your checkout to claim a fifteen percent discount off your first order of Ample K. Back to the show.
3: So tell me a little bit more about this this notion of believing our thoughts. You know, if somebody's listening to this and, and they've never really kind of woken up to the the fact that getting caught up in your own world and not accepting reality and and, and believing your thoughts can cause so much pain and suffering in your life. How you know, what does that mean sort of to believe our own thoughts. Why shouldn't we do that?
4: Well, you know, we do, but it, it's, it's it can be really painful. If someone contradicts what I believe, then if my ego's in play, I'm going to stay stuck, and that's going to look like argument. So... After the argument, let's say I argue with that person, I'm right, and they say, no, I'm right, here's why. Well, I'm right, and here's why. So we have that going back and forth. Later, I can sit down and question it. For example, they say I was wrong. So I invite people to to contemplate and what they're believing that causes stress and to question it. So. I'm wrong, that person says. And so I see them as wrong. So I'm going to sit down later and I'm going to just consider that they're wrong. That's what I'm believing. That person is wrong in what they say. So the first question, there are only four, is it true? And I absolutely know that it's true that that person is wrong in what they say. And I'm going to contemplate that out of my own personal experience because that's all I have. This is inner work. So I'm meditating on that moment in time in that argument, and I'm going to anchor there in this meditation, and then I'm going to contemplate and witness in my mind's eye, with my eyes closed, how I reacted when I believed the thought that he's wrong. So now I'm going to the first thing that that we usually are in touch with are our feelings and emotions. So he's wrong. How do I react when I think that thought? I can witness that moment in time and actually feel it as I see it in my mind's eye. I'm sitting in in a chair on the phone and he was so, so, so wrong. How did I react when I believed that? The emotions. And so I'm going to take my time as I continue to meditate on that moment in time when I believe he was wrong. And then I'm going to witness the argument, what I said, and how my voice would rise and fall. And the indignation, maybe, that righteous indignation of, I know. And I'm going to witness that, that very stressful moment in time. And then I'm going to move to that last question of the four and witness who would I be without the thought he's wrong. So that allows me in real time now to really listen and hear and contemplate what he was actually saying. So now I'm in a place where I can hear him. There's no one to argue with, so I'm listening to his voice, the voice of Ben now, and now my mind is starting to open. It's as though I'm taking that post-it off of him, You know those little sticky post-its. He's wrong. He's not listening. He is stuck. He is trying to hurt my feelings, you know, etc. Who would I be without those post-its that I put on him and in, in that experience, would I be without my story? Would I be without the thought he's wrong? And again, this is meditation. And it takes an open mind, a mind that that would rather be free than right and it doesn't mean I'm not right. But where am I in opposition to anything that would confront what I believe? That's ridiculous. It's crazy. Everyone has a right to what they think and believe and say, and I'm at war with another human being, so I just notice all of that, and then I find opposites. I just experience opposites, like he's wrong in what he's believing, and I might turn it around to he's right in what he's believing. And that can feel really like stunning at first, even confrontational at first, because the ego is at play here. It needs to be right to exist, to apparently exist. So he's right in what he says. So now I have to get really still and I have to consider with an open mind, is it possible that he's right about that? So now that taps me into a whole other world. Oh whole of the world that I was blind to as I was defending my own identity. I am the one who knows. I'm right. So after contemplating that turnaround, that opposite, I'm wrong in what I believe. I'm wrong in what I believed to be true. So now, after listening to him in the silence, hearing now what I couldn't hear then, I I could be wrong. What I believe, so I have his information now that I've taken in because now it's always a safe place to listen again, and so my entire mind is being shifted, and I'm ending the war with him, the disagreement with him, and I'm doing nothing but sitting in in these questions and experience. Of what I was believing then that caused the war, the disturbance and me to be so small minded. And it still doesn't mean that I'm wrong. But when I said, and I am wrong in what I believe, it can certainly flow over to, you know, what I pointed to earlier. I began to realize that he has a right to his opinion. And now I feel closer to him because I know his internal and where he's coming from. And so I'm more connected, I'm closer, I'm more respectful when I run into this human being again, because all these post-its I had on him have dropped. I'm a better listener with everyone. I understand without having to plan it that listening is powerful. I understand that I'm more connected when I am not overriding another human being's belief system. I'm more aware that when I'm, we'll, we'll stay at board, and, you know, arguing with someone, that I miss what they have to say. I'm missing valuable points, and it disconnects me from that person. I'm learning so much, I can go on and on and on. It becomes a way of life. And there's nothing, we cannot apply these, you know, this, I call it the work, it's inquiry, but four questions in turn of them. And there's nothing we cannot apply this to in our lives. It's a way to end our own ignorance, and war is ignorance. And it would be, if you imagine you at breakfast this morning, then you would see you, Let's say at your kitchen table or grabbing a piece of toast on your way out the door, whatever it was for you. And then if you imagine yourself at dinner tonight, then you have that self of the past in your mind's eye, that self of the future in your mind's eye, and then the self listening now. So who are you? Who are you? You know, the question, who am I? It's really, it really is. Not a tough question. I am not that self at breakfast. That's a that is that is a me in my mind's eye. And that is not me at dinner tonight. You know, how do I know I'm not there? How do I know that's not myself at breakfast? I'm not there. But that's where we live. We live in past future. But what if we were just aware? And it's not to stop these images and what we believe on to these images. That's not the trick. The trick is to be aware, to be awake to what is reality and what is fantasy so we can do the work that we are here to do. And it's not a stupid way to live or a ethereal thing that I'm... That I'm pointing to here, it is you. You know that that wide self that um, isn't deluded or spread all over the place. You know, if you want, if you want a little guilt, get a past. If you want a little fear and tear, get a future. Or just you know the difference. And for me, it's not enough to just see these images we have to question what we're believing onto these images of past future to get free of those selves, to wake ourselves up to the self and and live this selfless life and which may sound a little strange to some ears.
3: What's one, you know, kind of short, simple piece of homework or actionable advice you'd give to somebody listening so they could start implementing the work in their, in their lives.
4: You know to go to the work.com and the simple directions are there. and if you need a little help, there is a free helpline on the work.com. And there are facilitators there to support you in how to fill in the worksheet. And there's also a One Belief at a Time worksheet. And there's also an app um, online. You know, just go to the App Store to work and the directions are there, and I have a nine-day school for the work coming up in March that, that I just can't recommend strongly enough for people who can, can afford those nine days out of their lives and the money it would take to, to get to the school for the work. And that's why it's free on the com for people who cannot afford those two things, the time and the money. It's nine days of just stepping out of the world and identifying what we're thinking and believing about sexuality and fear and terror and relationships and money and ourselves and others and what else james
3: oh Oh, about our dependence and technology and, and government the whole world really
4: yeah you know in whatever we encounter in life just you know as a as a usual it's nine days just to sit in that with my guidance there a lot of experience you know nine days we when we step out of those nine days the work you know this inquiry is just a part of our mind and you know it's like every everything I think ends in a question mark and in, in those nine days this that ha- this happens for everyone it's like he doesn't care about me oh he doesn't care about me and when inquiry is alive in us it's, it's like, He doesn't care about me. It's a whole different thing. It's like, oh, I did it wrong. Oh, I did it wrong. It feels like that. The whole mind shifts. It literally turns around. So of course, I my job is to make sure that people know these questions exist, and that uh, anyone with an open mind can do this. You know, just it, it's stepping into a, another world. The the world that I came from was one of more than a decade of serious depression, and my world now is is. Um, it, it, it shifted so radically that even my children didn't recognize me. Same body, different mind. It's radical.
3: Well, Katie, uh, where can listeners find you and, and The Work online?
4: You know, on Instagram, Facebook, thework.com, byronkatie.com. And my books are on Amazon, or you can find those on the Com as well. People can, that may sound a little strange, but they can always find me inside themselves as I, like you, Matt, we can only be, you know, no more and no less than people believe us to be. The bottom line is... Who do I believe me to be? And who do I believe you to be? And that's the world I
3: love. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing all this wisdom. The questions from the work have been tremendously impactful in my life and really helped me deal with a lot of limiting beliefs and negative thoughts. So, you know, I really personally thank you for, for, for creating that framework and, and thank you for coming on the show and sharing your stories and experiences with our listeners.
4: Oh, you're so welcome, Matt. Again, thank you for your good work and for having me
2: on. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. We created this show to help you, our listeners, master evidence-based growth. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email is matt. At successpodcast.com. That's M-A-T-T at successpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I read and respond to every single listener email. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should sign up for our email list today by going to successpodcast.com, signing up right on the homepage. There's some incredible stuff that's only available to those on the email list, so be sure to sign up, including Our most popular guide, which is called How to Organize and Remember Everything, you can get it completely for free along with another surprise bonus guide by signing up and joining the email list today. Again, you can do that at successpodcast.com, sign up right at the homepage, or if you're on the go, just text the word SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes because that helps boost the algorithm that helps us move up the iTunes rankings and helps more people discover the science of success. Don't forget, if you want to get all the incredible information we talk about in the show, links, transcripts, everything we discuss, and much more, be sure to check out our show notes. You can get those at successpodcast.com. Just hit the show notes button right at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success.